This is The Causes of Things, and I'm your host, Michael O'Fallon. It is March 18th, 2020. We are living in history. If you are listening to me today, you know that we are living in the midst of, and you yourself are making history. You're almost undoubtedly either on lockdown, quarantine, or being told to shelter in place. Truth be told, we're at a point now where we have less freedom of movement than did our forefathers during the time just prior to the American Revolutionary War. And while we are all on lockdown, we're being told, minute by minute, and even second by second, through push notifications of alerts through our phones, or through social media, of the next person that came down with coronavirus in Fayetteville, Arkansas, or in Lugano, Italy, or in the far islands of Micronesia, second by second. The messages from the World Health Organization, the Center of Disease Control, are everywhere and they are completely inescapable. But let me prepare you for something right now. Something that I have been saying since early January of 2020. The coronavirus has been present in the United States since at least last November or December of 2019. And the figures show it. It has been in Europe and in other areas throughout the world. How do I know this? Well, I do travel globally every year. In last quarter of 2019, I was in the United Kingdom, France, Greece, Israel, Ireland, and all over the United States. A company that I own runs tours and events throughout all of the world. We just canceled a convention, by the way, in Australia just a few days ago. But there's something that you have to understand that will help you to really see the full scope of what I'm talking about. There is an element that has been added into the tourism market all over Europe and the United States that did not exist just 8 to 10 years ago. A massive influx of visitors that is nearly double of any other national origin. The origin of those visitors, all across the world, is China. Now before I go any further, let me explain that my wife is ethnically Chinese and her parents escaped communist China nearly 60 years ago. They risked their lives to do so, to fight for freedom. The majority of people that are managers and co-owners of the companies that I'm involved in are also ethnically Chinese. So I want to be loud and clear before I articulate the issue at hand. I love the Chinese people. I love my wife my family, and my co-workers. I also love the pre-Mao Chinese culture and the tradition of hard work and family respect that existed before the current communist totalitarian regime took power. In fact, in years past before the facial tracking system was started in China, I used to bring pastors and businessmen to China. And those that came with me to China would see what I saw, that there are so many lovely people in China. And I do love so many people in my life personally that are ethnically Chinese. 
So with all those qualifications being made, let me explain what is happening. The Chinese tourism market exploded over the last 8 to 10 years. In particular, the lower and middle market. Literally tens of thousands of Chinese would be in any city in Europe or the U.S. on any day. The money was good. The money flowed to all of our travel partners. The market was fantastic and had completely adjusted to the new evolving Chinese tourist market. For example, if you were in Lauterbrunn in Switzerland, there would not be a time where every cable car heading up to Murren would not be absolutely jam-packed with Chinese tourists. No spaces open at all, body to body in the cable car. This has been nearly year-round in Switzerland, in France, in the UK, and just recently in Ireland in the United States, in Germany, in Italy, and in Rome. So back four months or so ago, when I first heard word of something happening in China in late November or December of 2019, I had immediately thought, that's not good. Containment better be immediate. I was in Israel in early December, And the primary origin of tourists during our time there was from China. I was in New York just before and after the majority of tourists were from China. In Orlando, where our offices are, there are thousands upon thousands of Chinese visitors everywhere, as there should be. And yes, in retrospect, this is rather daunting. But overall, my thoughts were... Good for them. For many of them, this is what the new taste of freedom and liberty actually feels like, if only for a few weeks. They weren't responsible for this, these individual people. These wonderful Chinese people. It wasn't them. The ones to blame for this would be the government that knew what they were sending over. But here's the thing. If you look at the statistics from just the state of Washington, let's say, which is heavily visited by Chinese tourists, students, and businessmen, you will see a massive, unprecedented spike in the measurement of influenza from November of 2019 through February of 2020. A massive spike. Before anybody was testing for COVID-19, the coronavirus. And if you look at the measurement across the board in comparison to past years, the influenza season from 2019 into 2020, before all the public news broke out about COVID-19, was at record highs. So what was going on? Clearly, the virus was here in the United States and Europe before measurements began for COVID-19. And during this time, the United States and Europe received disinformation and propaganda, not just from the totalitarian communist Chinese government, but also from, wait for it, the World Health Organization. In a tweet from the World Health Organization on January 14th, 2020, 
Again, this is January 14th, 2020. When this was starting to break, the leader of the World Health Organization stated, and I quote, Preliminary investigations conducted by the Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission of the novel coronavirus, 2019 NCOV, identified in Wuhan, China. End quote. That's right. The World Health Organization, while China was, quote, disappearing, end quote, physicians and covering up evidence states that there is no threat for human to human transmission of the coronavirus. That's what the World Health Organization was stating to us. And they're the ones that are telling you that you need to trust what they are saying. And as they were saying this, thousands and thousands of truly innocent Chinese visitors flew in and out of Wuhan into the United States and Europe. So there was nothing to be afraid of back in January, right? I mean, you remember January? The stock market was roaring and breaking records. The travel industry was booming. You likely had job security. You were making plans. What else was going on? The House of Representatives and the Senate were fixated 24 hours, seven days a week on trying to impeach the President of the United States. No one was paying any attention. On the other hand, I was sending emails to my connections in the U.S. government about this issue. I was texting back and forth with others, warning about the issue that was not looming, but was, as I knew it, already here. But you were living your life. You were dealing with the daily facts of life. You had no idea that this virus was likely all over the United States and Europe. Maybe you even had the virus. Maybe I did. I was hit hard by a flu virus. This is one of the reasons that the episodes of The Causes of Things slowed down for a while. I couldn't speak without coughing for almost a month. But, without a shadow of a doubt, the virus did not arrive to the United States from the Diamond Princess. The virus didn't arrive when we had our first positive test for the disease. It has been here. You see, the numbers that we have are lag measures, not lead measures. Lag measures or lag numbers reflect past results, past tests, or past performance, or past existence. Kind of like when you get on the scale in the morning, the scale tells you how poorly or how well your diet and exercise have been. It's a lag measurement. So I want to prepare you for something. But in reality, it really doesn't change anything. Prepare for a massive spike in the numbers of reported COVID-19 positive cases.
literally hundreds of thousands of cases. And you'll be told every minute of every day that you need to panic. The number will spike simply because of the number of tests that will be done and will be returning. As the number of tests are done, the actual number of cases will be revealed. But the number was most likely in the thousands this past December and January. That is what the current data indicates. But here's what the difference is. Your smartphone's push notifications weren't telling you to panic every five minutes as the next case of coronavirus is found in Miami, Florida, Madagascar, New York City, New Orleans, or the next death registered in Seattle. Can you imagine if we did this with automobile accidents? Can you imagine if we did this with Alzheimer's? Can you imagine if we did this with cancer? I mean, you do know that there are plenty of studies that are coming out that are linking the closeness of holding your smartphone up to your head and with cancer. I don't see anybody really measuring or freaking out about that. How about with deaths from heart attacks? How about if we did this from 2013 to 2015 during the mass slaughter and genocide perpetrated by ISIS on the Kurds, Syrians, and Coptic Christians. Hundreds of thousands of people wiped off the face of the planet. How about if we had push notifications then? How about if we had a map that counted every single person, every single child, every single woman? We divided them up by their ethnicity, their religion, and how they were killed. We didn't care then. We were too busy keeping up with the Kardashians. But now, with this issue, with this virus, which is serious, but now you are forced to care. You are reminded every second of every day that your imminent doom may be around the corner. And again, I want to say that this virus is serious. Make no doubt about it. But, if anything, we have already started to flatten the curve with all of our measures in the last several weeks. The virus is all over the place. You must wash your hands. You should stay out of the public if you are sick. You should tell your kids who are sick not to be around grandma and grandpa. This should be what we do all the time. But the spike is about to be announced. It just isn't what you think it is. It is just now fully measurable. And everyone will want to be measured. Now, no doubt... You and I are being affected by this. Everybody is. I was self-quarantined just after CPAC this past year, as I was in close proximity with some that had the coronavirus. 
this entire event is ripping a hole in our economy. It's also suppressing our individual autonomy. But maybe, just maybe, one of the unintended consequences of this, and I mean unintended, is that it will bring you closer to your wife, your family, especially as you learn to work as a team together. Maybe we will value the little things a little bit more. I know that my wife and my company have prayed more in the last two weeks than we did in the six months prior. All that being said, this does have a familiar ring to it, doesn't it? This does kind of feel familiar. And the answers given from the World Health Organization and the supranational entities sound quite familiar, don't they? There's a reason why it should sound familiar. And it doesn't mean that the virus isn't real. It is. But it is time that we revisit a subject that I dealt with nearly three years ago in our conferences with sovereign nations, and again on the causes of things two years ago. It's the key to understanding everything today. And in our next episode, we will deal with the causes of things. We will address reflexivity. This is Michael O'Fallon, and this has been The Causes of Things. <laughs>